All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, I got super special guest. I met this woman out in, I always forget the city, Seattle, um, last month. Um, and yeah, we just, we just kind of clicked right off the bat. Very similar viewpoints in terms of how uh, people approach weight loss. Uh, so I have Bonnie Campbell. Uh, she's the founder and head coach of The Nourished Path, where they specialize in helping women lose weight. Bonnie, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to digging in. I realize, you know, as we connected in Seattle, I don't know too much about like your story and your journey kind of into this industry. Um, you are a registered dietitian, so definitely want to talk about that. But yeah, if you can, if you can give me and the audience kind of just what your background is into this whole thing, I, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I'll try to keep it brief because it's a bit of a long story. But I went to college to be a math teacher because I really wanted to help people. And I knew a lot of people struggled with math. And even then I was doing things like I wanted to do functional mathematics for people who weren't going to go to college. So things like how do you take a recipe and triple it? That's really a difficult skill hmm. um, if math is not your strong suit and things like that. And I actually thought of it in, through the lens of nutrition and how is math applicable to our daily lives. And when I went to student teach, I found out it was a disaster. It was not for me at all going into the school system, teaching to the test, especially for math. Um, and it, it, I didn't agree with it. And so I wasn't going to continue. And I thought, well, now what am I going to do? So I went to school to get my master's in nutrition. And, I and I'm, that's when I moved out to Seattle. I'm from Chicago. And uh, I went to Bastyr University, which is great because they're all about whole foods, functional nutrition, and not... Um, not over relying on supplements and, and artificial foods, um, which actually a lot of registered dietitians, um, that's what they learn in school, unfortunately. So after that, I went to my residency and during my residency, I actually worked with Patrick Umphrey, who owns Eat, Train, Progress. And during my residency, I moved nine times. So working with an online coach, was the only thing consistent in my life. And I loved it. It was great. I learned so much. Actually, um, I lost my college weight, right, um, that I put on in grad school and was in the best shape of my life. It was fantastic. And then I moved back out to Seattle, started working at um, one of the local hospitals, Virginia Mason, as a registered dietitian there. But I really wanted to do online nutrition coaching because it helped me so much. And so when I got the chance, actually at a different fitness conference in Kansas, I was recruited by Mike Dola to work at Stronger You Nutrition. And then I worked there for three years and then decided I wanted to do things a little bit differently. So I um, left and started my business, The Nourished Path. So it's been a bit of a journey. Um, but, but I think all of us have been on that kind of journey of figuring out exactly what, how we want to do things and what we want to do things and hopefully building that for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that about you. I mean, I think the biggest thing when I get coaches on here is everyone's starting point is always, I wanted to, I wanted to help people either. They went through something themselves and wanted to help others go through the same or avoid the mistakes, or it's just like, that's their nature. I had no idea you were that into math, but once you said like how to triple a recipe, my brain went blank. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm like the most basic cook of all time. Uh, very much just like a meat and potatoes guy, but that's cool. Like getting people to even, even with the math stuff, everyday tasks sometimes become near impossible for some. So wanting to help people with that. 
And then just finding that path in nutrition where, you know what, there are better ways of doing things. One thing I was curious on you, as you brought up, what is functional, what is functional nutrition? What does that mean? So that's using normal everyday foods, things like bread, apples, bananas, um, to in your nutrition versus some other uh, because RDs normally work in hospitals, there's a lot of things about um, boost and sure supplements, things like that, um, which unfortunately, I mean, that is kind of the nature when you work in a hospital and somebody is not allowed to eat because of surgeries like 20 hours in the day and mm. you just have to make them a boost milkshake and call it a day. Um, but that's not what my schooling was for. Mm. It was more for the, your orbit person who's, you know, I learned the things for the hospital, but I learned more than that for, for your ordinary person working. We worked in a clinic as part of our internship, working with people who would come in with, um, with things like gout or type or pre-diabetes or, um, you know, food allergies, gluten intolerance. How do I, I'm, I'm, I'm celiac. I've been diagnosed with celiac. How do I eat and helping those people? So that's a bit more functional nutrition is, relying more on food first and mm. supplements when they're needed because sometimes they are and that's fine. I feel like that's, that's what it should be about. Right. I didn't know like slapping the name functional and this is not a dig. Like I just didn't realize yeah. like when I think of someone who studies nutrition as an RD, it's like, okay, you're studying food first and that becomes the main, let's say 80, 20 of it. And then the other 10 to 20% is like, okay, how can we supplement that? But you're saying it's not always the case when you're learning about that or when you're no, in school for that. Not necessarily. Yeah. Which, I mean, all the schools are really different. And and every RD has a different specialty. So when people say, oh, when you're looking for a nutrition coach, look for a registered dietitian. But that's like saying, look for a doctor for your foot pain. Like you mm. need a podiatrist. You need a specific. So if you have, are looking for a registered dietitian, and they specialize in cancer. They're not going to help you with weight loss. They help people with weight gain yeah. and avoiding weight loss. That's what most RDs do is they help people with cancer, um, with diabetes, with all these things where they might be losing massive amounts of weight mm -hmm. because they can't eat or they can't digest their food or, or whatever. Um, so most of them don't specialize in weight loss and they have no idea. They have no idea what to do. That's fair. It. Well, I think part of the... I'll call it an issue is the appeal to authority where if someone has an RD in their title, not taking anything away from them, it's like automatically they know more about every subject related to nutrition or otherwise because of the RD. But as you're saying, there are specialties for all kinds. Right. And that's the good what... thing about RDs is they know, like we are all really good. Like if someone comes to me and they have cancer, I'm like, I, I know another RD who specializes in cancer, but like, that's not, I know the basics. Mm -hmm. If you tell me your mom has cancer, what do I do? I might be able to give you like, because I worked in the hospital, the basic stuff and then be like, Hey, for more, I would go see this person. Yeah. Um, renal, like kidney things. I, I don't even touch that with a 10 foot pole. Um, that's so complicated, but RDs are really good about saying, I don't know anything about that, which is nice. But I just because someone has an RD doesn't yeah. mean they know everything there is to know about nutrition. I just think that that's an impossible task mm -hmm. in, in any subject. That's fair. And I think that's important for anyone in any field to recognize what's in their scope and what's not. Mm -hmm. Like I 
when I was in in a personal trainer, like doing work in person, I'm not trying to fix an injury at all. Like even now, if someone's telling me, Hey, I'm nagging this, I'm like, I can possibly give you some movements that might help you feel better. and, And here's how we avoid that moving forward with exercise. But go get it looked at by a specialist. Here's if they're local to me, I can give yeah. them someone just because you're PT personal trainer doesn't mean you're a PT physical therapist. Well, there, And I think a lot <laughs> of people, yeah, like I've heard, I've heard and seen horror stories of just like people just like stretching people out to like the max when they shouldn't really be touching them like that. And like trying to fix injuries. And it's like recognizing what's in and out of your scope to me is, is huge, especially in 2022 information's everywhere. Everyone on the internet is a specialist at any given time. So it's kind of like, where do you go? But I'm glad that you've, you said that, you know, RDs are kind of, they're really good for knowing, okay, this is my scope or this is not, but mm-hmm. here's resources to find that, or here's a person that can help you with that specific thing. I think that's key. What, to, what did you specialize your RD in or what, what did your specialty is weight loss that you would, you would say? Yeah, I would say, I, I mean, I took a lot of electives in um, sports nutrition, weight, healthy weight loss. I took extra um, classes outside of school in that. And then also in, um, pregnancy and, um, and breastfeeding less on infant nutrition. I, I do think in my next cycle of continuing education, I'm going to do a little bit on infant nutrition, just so when I'm working with breastfeeding moms, if they have a question, uh, I'm better equipped to answer that. Mm. But, um, I love working with breastfeeding moms. They're so fun. Is it fun? What's fun about it? Oh, I mean, you get baby pictures, which nice. is great. Yeah. Um, and they are in a place that's a, you know, they really need support and they're not getting very much of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can be that person who's there for them because often doctors visits after the baby's born are all about the baby. Yep. They're not about mom. Like I was so shocked that mom, unless she had a C-section basically has no postpartum care from their physician. And so I'm the one who connects them with a with a physical therapist if they need uh, diastasis recti um, help. I'm the one who's helping them. And a lot of people say, if you're breastfeeding, you can't lose weight. And I think that's trash. I think you shouldn't just try to do it by yourself because mm. you can really have some problems. You know, if you underdo it, if you overdo it, if normally, if, if you decided I want to go on a crash diet, it's not great for you, but you'll be okay. Yep. If a breastfeeding mom decides to go on a crash diet, her baby suffers too. And if she's going to have another baby soon, she doesn't recover the nutrients she needs to have that second pregnancy successfully. So I'm actually have gotten really good at making things just right where baby has great milk and mom is losing a pound or two a week and everybody's happy. It's it's really satisfying when someone says, "Oh, it can't be done," and I'm like, "Yeah, it can. You just have to know what you're doing." Yeah, but I think part of that is just how things have been passed down generationally from from education or just from what people say. You know, they say this and they say that, right. and it's tough. You know, when you become maybe not a trailblazer, but someone who doesn't fall in line with what the common quote unquote common knowledge is. Do you, have you found pushback from, from other providers or or clients when you kind of go against the grain or you, you feel like everyone's kind of on board with that sort of stuff? It, we're talking about appeal to authority because of my credentials. Like everyone's like, okay, already knows what she's doing. Nice. Um, and that I've done it before. So I haven't had much pushback. Um, I don't think really any, because it's, we used to think like when you say a woman can't lose weight and she's breastfeeding, you're kind of writing her off. 
because if she's she can't work on her physique or her weight loss when she's pregnant and she also can't when she's breastfeeding then she's gonna have two or three kids you're basically saying well for seven years yeah or eight years or nine years you're sol and i just don't think that's reasonable um it's a lazy all. it's a lazy answer from them giving it yeah to, yeah lazy answer is oh sorry it, it's too hard i don't want to help you that's what the answer is that's 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 what we're saying that's and what i don't think saying. that's and I think that that attitude is changing also, which is huge, which is important. And I think women need support. Like I've, I've been very transparent with any of my clients. People hop on calls with me in a weight loss space. Men have it easier, like 110%. Our bodies mm-hmm. do not change much. Testosterone might dip a little bit into our thirties and forties. It's really not that hard to deal with compared to what women go through. And then again, postpartum women and just breastfeed it's it's a whole nother playing field um so i'm really glad that there's more education around the subject um even women around like training around their periods and nutrition around and in, in, in menstruation like that's, that's a- yeah that's a whole new field that i have not i've not felt like the science is good enough for me to to do nutrition around people's site it's and also everyone's so different well there's um, that yeah but I think that is the next that and um, gut health and digestion, I think, are going to be our next in the next 10, 20 years. We're going to find out a lot. People think that nutrition is this, like set science. The last vitamin was discovered in the late 50s. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that in Seattle. Yeah. Like we've known that vitamins and minerals were a thing for a little over 100 years. We knew that they existed, but we didn't know what they were before that. We knew that, you know citrus helped with scurvy and things like that but we didn't know why yeah for a long time you know just like they knew that dead bodies were bad for you know living people before we knew what germs and bacteria were but nutrition is a very young science and we're learning so much all the time it's interesting and i've never i know gut health has been very popular over the last two three years it's kind of skyrocketed into into that like you know space and social media where it's trendy I've never mm-hmm. once pretended to know a damn thing about gut health because <laughs> it's not, it's completely you out of my one. scope. Yeah. And that's why I was like, this is kind of perfect. And you brought that up in digestion. It's like, are there things that, and that's a huge loaded question, but are there supplements? We'll start there that can actually support healthy gut health. If that makes sense. Um, so supplements, I think what you're alluding to is probiotics yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And I think that probiotics, there is a future there. We're not there yet. I don't recommend probiotics. Um, and here's why. We have three main categories of probiotics, and we don't know how to tell which one you need. Oh, okay. So we know there's three main categories. We know that they can help people, but we don't know how do we find which one you need? And so people are just taking things. And if you take the wrong one, it makes it worse. So instead of a probiotic supplement, I recommend just having more probiotics in your food. Okay. Um, it's like kombucha is really great for this. Kombucha has come a long way. If you haven't tried kombucha in a few years, try it again. Um, we're seeing it in Seattle. I've seen it in Spokane, other other areas where they're on tap at breweries now they really? get a kombucha yeah and they're actually really good um or they can be really good so that's been great like we went to the board game cafe 
which we have a ton of around here. I love those. Nice. And they have a bunch of beers on tap. And I noticed they finally have kombucha on tap now. So that's another, it's a really good non-alcoholic option. And it's got lots of probiotics in it. It's carbonated. It has really great flavor, a little bit of tang like alcohol does. And there is a small amount of alcohol in it, um, but it's very small. Um, so that's a good option. People say yogurts, and I want to caution that most yogurt in the U.S. is ultra pasteurized. So there's not a lot of um, lot of bacteria that can help your gut still in there. Hmm. Some some brands, and, and you're in Canada, right? Yep. So that might be different there. It probably is. But I would just look into it a little bit. Um, in the Pacific Northwest, Nancy's is a pretty good brand for yogurts. But just fermented foods, so like I said, kombucha, sauerkraut, um, actually pickled foods. Some a lot of pickles are not true. I don't want to go into whole, that whole thing. But <laughs> you can eating, if you want to. Oh, I don't know enough about the pickling process to tell you. <laughs> um, uh, miso. There's a couple. Oh, kefir or kefir. Are you? Yeah, kef- my mom was really big question. in kefir for so many years. Yeah, and I, I always took what my mom said with a grain of salt because she was always tapping into these magazines that were like, "This is the new yeah. thing," and I'm like. Is it though? <laughs> right. I mean, and that's the thing about nutrition is sometimes we do think that these are the new thing. Um, Omega threes were really big for a little while. And now they're, you're seeing them a lot less because the science is really hazy on if they're beneficial or not. Um, really? That's yeah. And a lot of Omega three supplements are trash. That, yeah. I mean, that's the whole supplement industry. In the um, right. There's, well, there's certain, there's certain things, um, like certain vitamin, certain vitamins, like vitamin D, I think most people should be taking. That's mm-hmm. good for your gut health too. Good for your whole health. And that one, pretty much all, they're all the same. You can't really screw it up that bad. But omega-3s, it depends how it's processed and stored. Okay. And same thing, if you are taking a probiotic, you really want to take a good one. There's certain things that it doesn't matter. Just get the cheap ones. And then there's some things where it matters. Um, and you've got to do do some research and do your due, due diligence on it. Um, but yeah, for gut health, instead of supplements, I'd say fruits and vegetables are where it's at. Fruits and vegetables are going to have really good, um, food for your gut health and gut bacteria, which we need really good gut bacteria. Um, they're also going to keep you full. So if you're trying to lose weight, uh, especially vegetables, they're going to keep you full and the vegetables can be delicious. You just have to season them and cook them well. and so, and it's getting easier. I've seen at Costco having like, or at Trader Joe's, they'll have like these big packs of frozen vegetables already seasoned for you. Um, and I recommend throwing them in the oven or in a pan without oil. And that sounds weird, but the oil makes them soft. And if you don't add oil to it, they stay like they're, they're much more crispy. You also save a ton of calories. Yeah. Well, and then you can put the oil on at the table. So if you want some butter, yeah. you want some olive oil on it. Um, olive oil is great for omega threes, actually. Mm. Uh, so is flax, flax oil. Um, but yeah, put it on the table. You're going to save calories. You're going to know exactly what you're having. People say, "Well, I, I don't know how much I'm having because I put all this in the whole recipe. And I don't know how much I'm having in my portion." And I'm mm. like, first of all, you're getting a little too picky about it. It'll be fine. Yeah. Just, just be like a quarter. A quarter is what I had, and it might be slightly more, slightly less, but it'll be around there. But if you, you'll, it'll taste better. And this is for frozen. If they're fresh, they do need something or they'll burn. But the frozen has water on it that'll keep it from burning. Okay, sweet. 
I feel like we've gotten very different topic, but hopefully. Still no, that's, helpful. this is fine. This is all helpful <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So just going back a little bit for pro, is there like probiotics, prebiotics, or what specifically am I looking for in, in yogurts to not, that's not going to help with gut health, let's say. Pastor ultra pasteurized doesn't help. Not really. Basically there's bacteria in there, but they're all dead. Okay. Um, and so what they'll do is if you test the bacteria that day, they'll be higher. And then like the next day they're gone. It's, okay. Cause they're just dead. Um, so yeah, I have a hard time. It's hard because they make it. And in Canada, it might be different. I don't know. I don't probably, know. it's probably similar. In in Europe, it's very different. Well, so yeah. I don't know. Um, but that's why I just recommend having a variety of foods, especially mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables. They're going to have all those things in there that you need. Um, and that's why I like kombucha. Like as much as it's kind of funny to say, it's one of the few things that I know has the bacteria in it okay. that are, you know, going to be pretty diverse. But just having a diverse range of foods, mm-hmm. you know, when you look up these foods with probiotics in them, just like look and be like, okay, I'm going to have this one and this one and this one, maybe not every single day, but I'm just going to have these things. But up. your gut bacteria will change in three days of changing your diet. So if you go to Europe, your gut will change within three days. For the better, for worse. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's why sometimes people say they go to Europe and they lose weight. I think part of it is they walk a ton. Part of yeah. it is they reduce their, their stress is lower because they're on vacation. Yeah. And part of it is that um, better variety there's of food. just be- it's better. Yeah. It's better food in Europe. Yeah. Oh, sourdough bread. That's another one. Oh, yummy. Okay. Yeah. That's something I, I can't believe really I just said yummy on a podcast. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what are your thoughts since we're, it's kind of on subject is uh green supplements. Uh, I personally think they're a waste of money, Okay, but they're not bad for you, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't use them as a replacement for vegetables with the caveat of if you, for some reason, cannot digest vegetables, say you're sick or you have Crohn's or some other digestive issue where you really can't have very many, then I think greens are good. Like they're a good third best, almost like there's a good backup if you need it. Or if you're traveling. Yeah. If you're traveling, if you want to add some of your protein shake in the morning, but I recommend honestly, when you're making a smoothie or something, throw in some frozen spinach or kale. Or yeah. even frozen cauliflower. They don't taste like anything. It's true. And they'll add that to you. And actually make it more thick and kind of nice. Yeah. I, like it. I used to have a store uh, when I used to live. Like it was like 10 minutes from my house. that They used to sell frozen spinach balls. I would just toss in some mm. Those things were amazing. Um, I haven't had them in a while. And I'm too lazy to do that myself. But it's true. That would be arguably that'd be a better addition. Well, you can just get frozen chopped spinach. It's not in cute little balls, but... Well, I don't care what it looks like. I just thought it was cool. <laughs> right. You just don't want the block. The block of spinach is yeah, not very easy to put in your smoothie. What am I going to do But the with chopped that? spinach is easy. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've been doing kale lately. and Kale doesn't get quite as fine, but I've just been trying to experiment with it. Spinach definitely blends better. Cauliflower blends pretty good too, um, but cauliflower can make some people bloated. So hmm. I recommend spinach. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Cauliflower is in everything now. Is it? Drives me nuts. Like all this cauliflower pizza and cauliflower sandwich bread and cauliflower this and cauliflower rice and Don't cauliflower potatoes and Don't get me started. Cauliflower can make people bloated too. 
I know lots of lots of my clients. They'll be like, "Yeah, I was really bloated after having a cauliflower pizza," or "I was really bloated today." And I looked the day before. And I'm like, "You had cauliflower pizza? I'll guarantee that it was that." But and the cauliflower did... pizza is not even any lower calories than a regular pizza. Is it? It's isn't that why people make it because it is lower calories? No, it's not lower. I mean, it's marketing. It's more. It's lower carbs, but it's higher fat because they use cheese to bind the cauliflower. Yeah, there together. it is. Boom! You just hit the friggin' nail on the head. Yeah, we can go off on a whole tangent about marketing and, and and the nutrition side of things. It's it's very frustrating um, because it's it's so misleading. And the, to me, honestly, and I so my wife is vegetarian. Pesca, she's a pescatarian. So you know, veggie burgers are a thing. Veggie dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, the Beyond Meat company is huge now, which I I wish I would have bought stock a couple of years ago because <laughs> goddamn. But anyways, we were comparing. I love comparing the nutrition labels. In, in the grocery stores and things like that. There's two companies that do veggie burgers, Eve's and Beyond Meat. Beyond Meats taste better because they're pumped with beet juice, but also because there's almost more fat in a Beyond Meat burger than there is in a beef burger. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't tell her to eat the beef burger because she doesn't. But I'm like, look, people are going to going out to buy veggie burgers because they're being marketed as healthier versions of a beef burger. But chances are they're eating way more calories unnecessarily because there's, there's a lot of additives. Too there's to make no extra. Nu- yeah, there's no extra nutrients in a veggie burger to a beef burger. I'd argue you get more vitamins and minerals from a beef burger than you would get from one a beyond these. burger. Yeah, I, I would say that might be different if you're getting a black bean burger. That's different. agreed. Um, yeah, agreed. Because I would recommend getting those. Um, actually. I really like doing those black bean burgers. Morningstar is actually pretty good. And so is, um, what's the name of that? Boca Burgers. Boca uh, Burgers are surprisingly good. Um, it might be an American brand. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they have those here, but I could look at But Morningstar is pretty good. Just generally, like, like if you look for a black bean burger or something mm-hmm. like that, I've made them really good. Okay. Um, and you can also use that as a salad topping. People will cook those up and they'll chop them up on their salad doesn't even have to be eaten as burger. okay that's not bad and you can have it with you know a chicken and black bean burger salad it's delicious i gotta tell you it doesn't sound too appealing for me <laughs> but i trust you i trust you on that it's just it was just the marketing of the veggie stuff is like it's healthier it's, it's vegetarian yeah. and i'm like it's not healthier if you want to eat like that that's fine but don't tell right. me don't tell me it's healthier when you know, my burger has 10 grams of fat. And it and might it, be better for the environment. I don't know. I haven't looked into I that. I think the research is out on that still too. Like the last I saw uh, farming and, and animals and, and the impact is is not as high as I think they once thought it was. In terms especially of- Especially for, well, I think for beef, it's pretty high, but not for chicken and pork. It's not nearly as high, especially chicken. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a whole other thing with, when it comes to oh, yeah, marketing, I am marketing not- products. Yeah, marketing and then like best farming practices. I don't know. No, I don't know. I'm going to be honest that I don't know. That's out of my um, what are some What are some best practices for digestion since we're on? We'll, we'll tell it back to the subject. Yeah. So I would say there's a couple things that everybody can do. One is drinking water. A lot of us don't drink enough water. Um, and I know like everybody says that, but yeah, there's a lot of different, I actually have a really good post on this on my blog, but uh, 
you know, having water bottles sitting around hydrate spark. That's the one I've been seeing a lot lately. It's a water bottle and it tells you how much water you need and it lights up when you need to drink water. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it connects to an app on your phone. And so if you drank water from a different glass, then you can just tell the app like, Hey, I drank this water. So that can really be helpful for drinking. Um, taking your time when you eat. A lot of people eat and they're done five minutes. You want to take feel seen. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you want to take 20 minutes to eat your food. If it's like a meal, if it's a snack, 10 minutes. Um, I'd say smoothies are your one kind of exception because they're kind of already broken down. Mm -hmm. But your teeth and chewing are an important part of the digestion process. I mean, we've all kind of swallowed something almost whole and then saw it come out almost whole in our poop before. Um, Yep. I see that smile. You've you've seen it. We've all seen it. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) (laughs) um so chewing your food really well i think is really important getting those fruits and vegetables because they're going to help um they're going to help with digestion they're going to help not only with the probiotic piece but basically they take fiber which i think we've all heard of and a lot of people don't know why it's important and it basically takes all the stuff and it's like uh, it like grabs it all and puts it in a bolus is what we call it i don't know a regular word for it so that your poop can come out nice and it shapes it yeah it helps to give it a shape okay Uh, it helps everything push everything along it's like the sweeper it sweeps through and if you don't have water then you're sweeping like dry crusted on stuff you need water too they need Mm. to go together so i actually just wrote um some content for this but Really great way to fiber in the, and liquids in the morning. Start your day off with a glass of water and make a bowl of oatmeal with some chia seeds in it, berries, maybe some nuts. You're going to be like set for the day on the fiber. And then not that you shouldn't try for the rest of the day, but you're really going to start your day, your day off right. If you want protein in it, throw throw a half a scoop of protein powder in there or a scoop of protein powder in there and you're good to go. Um and then have another glass of water afterwards. In between those two extra glasses of water that you probably didn't normally have. Yep. And that oatmeal. Um, I think that'll make, make a big difference in your digestion. And then the other thing I would say, just people listening to this, probably having energy drinks, probably having protein shakes, probably having protein bars. Me. You want to limit those artificial sweeteners. They can add up. So I'd say pick one, either an energy drink or a protein bar. Uh, protein shakes, I would say, I would look at the sweetener on them. You can get them sweetened with stevia or something else. Mm-hmm. They're not as bad. Um, but and then you people are also having diet diet soda and they're having vitamin water and they're having mio or crystal light, whatever. Um, look over the course of the day. You might be having too much. If you're having some bloating and digestive issues, take all those things out for a week. If it gets better, you got to analyze that stuff. I mm-hmm. loved my monster energy drinks, but I can't, I can't have them. My body does not like them. I like them. You're making me question everything right now. You just listed well, a strong John bloated? Staples. If you're not, if you're not feeling bloated and constipated, <sighs> keep doing what you're doing. But if you are try yeah. it for a week and if it works, you should let up the podcast now. Cause I, that would be interesting. That's to try. fair. Yeah. I mean, try focusing on fruits and veggies and water. Yeah. for a week and taking out the artificial sweeteners. And if you notice a difference, then it's worth playing around with. It doesn't mean you can never have an energy drink ever again, Fair, but it might mean 
you know, like my husband now, he only drinks energy drinks when we're going for a long car ride or a hike. So if we're going to take a road trip, he has a Red Bull, um, you know, if we're going to go on a hike. And otherwise, he keeps it to kind of special occasions. It's like yeah, once yeah. a month. That's all right. And he has one. So that works out pretty well. But if I'm going he on your checklist. Has more than I know. If I'm going on your checklist, like water intake for me is fine. Fruits and veggies mm-hmm. could be better. Eating fast is a big problem of mine for sure. Um, I was also told eating standing up is not great. You should sit down and relax. It's only because it, it's because it makes you eat fast. Okay. You should get into a more of a relaxed state before, before eating. And even better if you can do one or two deep breaths before you start eating. Yeah. I heard that. I've heard that as well. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like a five minute meditation. Um, <laughs> I'm not meditating historically, nothing. historically we used to pray before we ate. Okay. Which and what did you do during praying? Like you would like breathe a little bit. And I think we've stopped. A lot of people don't do that anymore. Oh, no. Well, we're and now, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and now it's like, well, take two seconds, take one or two deep breaths, and then take the extra. I mean, you're still eating. How long does it take you to eat a meal? To have your lunch, let's say. Me? Yeah. Five minutes. Don't. Maybe so 10 minutes. 20, yeah. Training for 20 is going to be like really hard. Yeah. Aim for five extra minutes, like 10 to 15 minutes. Um. I just need to slow down. That's my biggest thing. So I was going through your checklist. So the artificial sweeteners might be might be something like I've had I'm bloating from time to time. I'm not bloated all the time, but okay. it, it depends. Like it depends on, on sleep as well for me with bloating. But I do always start my day off and I tell all of my clients to start your day off with water. I know a ton of people you love coffee. I get it. Have your water first. You'll feel better. The caffeine hits a little bit better too, I find. Um, so that's another big thing. And on the subject of water, while I have you still, how much water should people be drinking? Cause I've also heard and read so many different targets over the years. Yeah. Um, between a third to half of your body weight in ounces of water is your baseline. If you're sweating, if it's hot, if you're having a high sodium meal, you need a little more. So what I say is if it's summer, have another glass or two. If you're working out, you need another glass or two. Just do mm-hmm. it during your workout. Um, and if you're going out to a restaurant, have a glass before they bring your meal out and yes. then another one while you're eating the meal. Um, actually, research has also shown that people who drink a glass of water before a meal eat less naturally. Yeah. I tend to always. Your body, it takes 20 minutes for your, your brain to feel that you're full. Mm-hmm. But if you have the water first, you've got like a, your brain will get that water signal that you're full first. And if you don't eat anything, your brain goes, oh, that was a trick, like pretty fast. Mm -hmm. But because you've eaten right after, it's not a trick, but it got the signal of your brain maybe in 10 minutes instead of in 20. Yeah. And now it's easier to stop eating. It's like getting a head start on it, on that count, on that timer in a way. Yeah, Yeah. basically. And then so if you take instead of five to 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes to eat, and you've had a glass of water first, now by the time you're done eating, you know you're full. Yeah. And listening to that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, that's the other thing. Yeah. And that's hard when you're counting macros or something like that. I don't, do your clients count macros? A good chunk of them do. Some of them don't, but I I like, I like the educational side of, of tracking macros and calories just so people are aware of how much they're eating. Well, sometimes people will tell me like, Oh, I got really full. Like I couldn't finish my meal, put it back in the fridge. And then like later when you're hungry for a snack, it's already ready to go. And then you've already counted it. That's fair. That's actually a really good tip. I never thought of that before. It's so easy. It's the best. I mean, if you have one bite left, like, yeah, who cares? 
Yeah. Who cares? But if you have like a 30 year meal left, like there's a, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't finish this. Just save it and have it later. That's you probably want it later. That's one situation I can't say I've ever felt when I'm making my own food because I know the portions that I need throughout any given day. I've never been like, I, I can't, unless it was like a humongous salad or it was like, this is too big anyways. But I've never come to a meal that I've made. I'm like, I, I can't finish this. Because every time I get to that meal, I know I need to eat it and I'm hungry. Right. We have. It's funny. Um, we started experimenting with, with white rice versus quinoa. Okay. And when I make quinoa, normally my husband has two servings of rice. And I usually have like a half to one depending on the day. And when we switch to quinoa, he can't finish it. That makes sense. He's like, I, I, I he can't finish more than one serving. So when he's trying to lose weight, we're probably going to go with quinoa. Because he doesn't like the flavor as much. So I do a, a blend um, of rice and quinoa. And then nice. he still can't finish it. It's great. It's the protein fiber? I think it's the fiber. Uh, quinoa doesn't like that much protein in it. Well, it's more than Everyone white rice. Everyone likes to say it says more than white rice. Yeah. But yeah. I don't. I mean, you're talking, I think, white rice is two grams and quinoa has six. I don't think four grams of protein is doing it. <laughs> I really don't. Agreed. <laughs> like it's I fair. just I think it's the I think it's the fiber um that's that's getting you more full. And I think that's worth playing with, you know, trying trying things out. That's what I tell people. I'm like, this might mm -hmm. not work for you. Try it. Or if you think you don't like quinoa, did you know there's like four kinds of quinoa? Try it. No, ones. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's red. Red's my favorite. Um, there's the like beige one. There's um Think like a black one there's like you know when you get tricolor quinoa there's a couple colors i used to just buy the big bag from costco whatever it was yeah, i'm not pi i'm not picky like i said like if i like something i'll just buy it yeah well if you like it then yeah. continue it but if you're yeah. like oh i don't think i like this maybe try a different kind mm -hmm. same thing with rice people don't realize like there's red rice there's black rice there's obviously brown rice um and they can be different we often make a blend like i said we'll do because red rice is really expensive mm. like, he eats a lot and i uh, i don't want to spend a ton on our carb um but what we'll do is we'll put it'll be like half half white rice and then half a blend of quinoa and red rice and black rice black rice will make it all turn purple so if you have kids who like colored stuff that's fun yeah i don't know if my son would eat a colored food though he'd be weirded out by it he's not that experimental he's like that looks weird well it depends on your kid you know your yeah. kid some kids yeah. are like oh, like especially little girls like make like a or not little girls but anybody into rainbows be like yeah. you can make it as the purple part of the rainbow or that's fun yeah I'm not creative like that at all. I didn't even think of something like that. Oh, I'm not either. <laughs> I just super, thought of it on the spot. Super simple. Your blends already sound way more creative than anything I can come up with in my kitchen so far. I mean, it's pretty easy. You can put it in a blend in a jar so you only have to make it one time and then you just... That's legit. I like that. I think people I think people over like, overlook rice too much. They, see it as, they still see it as a bad thing. They can't have rice when they're trying to lose weight. Right. Rice is just like, it's not as, I like potato. Potato is more filling than rice. Agreed. But there's yep. nothing wrong with rice. You just have to like, and people are like the portion size is so small. I'm like the portion size is like, it's a chonker, like the size of my fist. It's a good size. If you eat like I do, it's not a big portion size. <laughs> You're just shoveling it in. <laughs> that, but if that's you take your time and you're chewing it. That's exactly, exactly it. Right? Well, and yeah. if you want to make your rice um, more filling, like add veggies to it, make it, make it fried rice. Nice. Yep. There's nothing wrong with fried rice when you make it at home, you add some veggies to it, add an egg or some egg white or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now you've got this like super like fun 
rice that now has vegetables in it and more protein. It's only bad when you go out because they add a ton of oil. You don't I think, need to add all that. I think that's the problem, right? People equate what they eat out with bad because of the way it's served there, but you can make, we'll call it a healthier version at home. And it's really the same thing. It's just one or two less ingredients overall. Right. Well, or you go, you go and get rice out. Like say you go get teriyaki. I live in Seattle. There's teriyaki everywhere, yeah. like everywhere. And you just, the thing is you get two servings of rice with the teriyaki. But the other thing is that teriyaki is probably already two servings. So like just split it. Fair enough. When's the Bonnie cookbook coming out? I have one. Do you have a cookbook? Yeah. Cause like, you've talked about food and recipes and stuff. Even when we were talking to Seattle, I'm like, you gotta have a cookbook coming out. Or, yeah. Uh, so if you go to the nourishedpath.com and you go to, I think it's called resources or free stuff. Mm. Um, I'm, the free cookbooks there and all the recipes are under four ingredients. I think is the most ingredients other than salt and pepper, which I don't count. That's legit. Um, and they almost all take under 15 minutes. And the ones that take over 15 minutes only take that long because it's like, hey, put this on a stove and, or on your instant pot or crock pot and like let it sit there and for leave a while. It there. But it's That's not like awesome. more than 15 active minutes. I got to check that like, out. One of my recipes is salsa chicken. So you just take a jar of salsa and then some taco seasoning and some chicken and you dump it in your instant pot and you turn it on for like 20 minutes. Oh my God. How have I never thought of that before? <laughs> and the first day it's soup. And then the second day it's tacos because it's not quite enough liquid to be soup for more than one meal, Okay, which is great because you can yeah. have tr- chicken tortilla soup the first night. And then the second night you can make it quesadillas or tacos. And then you have two meals that, that use leftovers, yep. but like they don't feel like leftovers. That's awesome. So that's, that's probably one of my favorites. And you can do that with other meat. Um, I just put it in the cookbook. As chicken, yeah. but you can do it with pork or that's beef. legit. I gotta, I gotta look that up for sure. That's uh i do have a hard stop in a few minutes but i love it if you can leave us with a golden nugget it can be about anything your choice of topic oh gosh yeah put you on spot for give me a little bit of like for weight loss or for yeah let's do let's do for weight loss well i think just i mean i've given a lot of golden nuggets of course you have but i want one, one last one okay one last one um is to not eat in the two to three hours before bed. Not because it'll make you gain weight, but because it's going to make you sleep badly. So if you have something, make it small. I've I've read otherwise. I've read like having a a higher carbohydrate meal a couple hours before is good for sleep. A couple hours before bed. So you're saying... Not not right before bed, not two hours before bed, because you don't want to be doing active digestion while you're trying to sleep. Okay. That's why it's something like a glass of milk before bed, you know, works fine because it's liquid. It'll just mm-hmm. go right through. But you have a, a heavy meal and try to go to sleep. You're going to be hot. You're not going to sleep very well. You may be if you're hungry right before bed every night, that means that your dinner needs to be bigger. Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. That's, yeah, so you've made me rethink things because I never, I never, I knew it had an impact on what you eat before bed, but I didn't realize like a, that much i mean a little something is okay but it's just you don't want like a meal some people will especially if they work late yeah they'll work until 10 o'clock and then they'll come home or they're self-employed and they'll work and then they'll eat a big meal and they'll go try to go right to sleep and they're like i don't understand why i'm i can't do that no it doesn't feel good bloated in the morning no yeah i might typically i think based on my schedule and how things have worked out it's like nine o'clock i'll eat something and bedtime is 10 30 so it's not great 
but I would I would try and do it eat at eight. That's my kid's bedtime. That's my problem. It's a Greek yogurt bowl. It's usually not that bad. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying dinner. I'm no, like, no, no, no. Dinner's no dinner's at dinner's at six fifteen. What I would do that Greek yogurt bowl. Yeah. That you need to take 15, 20 minutes to eat it. Chew it really well. Make it Sweet. easy for your stomach. Okay. That that's the one I want you to start with. Okay. Focus on that one meal. This is awesome. We're getting coaching because Greek yogurt. There's nothing to chew, so it's just let me eat this. But yeah, no. I oh, see it's just a, it's just a just a it's Greek, Greek yogurt like bowl. Greek yogurt bowl. So I'll add like whey protein typically, um, and maybe some like some little little chocolate chippets for some flavor. Okay, maybe not twenty minutes, but you're eating that in three right now. So oh it. yeah, I'm not even blinking while I'm finishing that bowl. But yeah, okay. Put put the spoon down between every bite. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, I appreciate it's it. Set a timer. Put on a you put on a YouTube video or a couple TikToks and yeah. Well, I gotta get, I'm off TikTok now. I can't can't stand that up. But uh, I appreciate the free coaching. That's good. I like that. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna drop all the links in the show notes. But if you can let everyone know yeah. where to find you for sure, and I think we're gonna do a part two next year for sure. Yeah. So you can find me at thenourishedpath.com. That's where my cookbook is. My Instagram's bonnie.rd for registered dietitian. And uh, we have a Facebook group called The Nourished Nation. So you can find us there. That's awesome. I will link all that in the show notes. Thank you so much again, Bonnie, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. The knowledge, the insight, and the free coaching at the end. That was great. Thanks for having me. Thank you.